Good afternoon. Buenas tardes. Dear friends, dear Sangha, comunidad. So, we're continuing with the exploration of the paramis, of these um, qualities of the heart that when we cultivate with the purpose of walking, engaging in the path of liberation, of um, the path of um, engaging into practices that support, support us in being free from suffering and that um, when we walk and engage that path with compassion, then they become not only qualities that we cultivate just for, you know, for the sake of it, but they become these paramis, these qualities of the heart that then become more enduring and some qualities that support us in our daily life and become perfections without being perfect. <laughs> um, without that, you know, striving for being perfect, but like to develop inner strength, strength of character and um, a way of being in the world that that support us in, in in being in being in the world in a way that um, is more beneficial and causes you know less harm for ourselves for others for the entire world. I like very much that we're um, reflecting on these paramis on retreat because they're so relevant into our daily life that to have some time here to explore them and to cultivate them um, and then knowing that we can practice them even though if we don't plan it, they will show up <laughs> as opportunities to um, to use them, you know, opportunities to use them in our lives. That um, it's just very nice that, you know, we're um, reflecting on them here because we can use them as soon as we leave retreat <laughs> and also here in retreat. And so today I want to talk to you about uh, renunciation and wisdom. And renunciation, you know, this, this, this word of renunciation is, um, I think that Gail may have mentioned it uh, yesterday, it may be an unpopular word in English, um, in Spanish too, <laughs> uh, renunciación or sí, renunciar. Or, um, and uh, in some ways, I um, there's been a sense uh, in these past years of practice of, of really shifting my view towards this word of renunciation, because, you know, in English, we look in the dictionary and it says, it may say giving up. And, um, you know, the, maybe depending where you're at in your life, it may be like, oh my gosh, I need to give, you know, everything I like or something I love or, um, but these, these parami, of renunciation when it is a parami, it becomes a deep movement of the heart. Deep, 
movement for happiness and deep movement towards um, liberation and um, is, is, is more of a movement of gaining something, gaining something than to lose something. Um, and it touches me because there have been moments in which it, it, it has the, just through experiences in the practice, it has been such a gift to be able to relate to it in that way. So that's the, you know, there's that English, English language perspective and within other languages too, maybe. And then there's the Latin meaning of the word. The Latin meaning of the word is, um, to announce again, to announce again, to, to take a stand, um, to take a commitment to stop an activity, to move, you know, to move into something like I'm here, I'm standing and I'm announcing, I'm, you know, like, like with confidence that, you know, I'm making this announcement and this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is how I'm going to engage. Um, and so, and so it's within that, that spirit that, that there has been a transformation in, you know, how to relate to this word, at least in my practice. In Pali, the, the Pali word is nikama, and it means moving forward, moving forward. And I remember like many times in, you know, in practice, <clears throat> I, I have related the renunciation of people that, uh, practitioners that want to become monastics, you know, and, and at some point, you know, it's like, wow, that's a higher bar. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, you know, a lot of renunciation there. And there could be, you know, kind of that sense, but there's also this other part of the meaning of that action, which is to change a lifestyle, to go into a deeper way of practicing. So there's different ways in which these parami, these word renunciation uh, can be looked at, you know, within our practice. One is there could be a change in lifestyle a li a, to, to move towards a life of simplicity, a life that, that may support to live with more ease, a life that um, supports the mind to, um, to not get so entangled sometimes with, you know, planning and multiple activities and, um, you know, engaging in um, many things that happen in the world. I remember when I was working full time, I was um, uh, working, uh, well, more than full time because there were, you know, when we were in the field, it was, I was doing uh, environmental work in different communities and, um, doing cleanups and doing social justice, environmental justice. And, and so there was a lot of planning. There was a lot of coordination. And also I wanted to relax. 
And also I wanted to have fun. And also I wanted to be there for my parents and friends. And then I wanted to do many other things. So multitasking while talking to someone, you know, I would like send a text or send an email. And at some point was like, are you here with this person? So this way of simplifying life is, is a way of, you know, this renouncing for the better, taking, taking a different trajectory into simplifying life for, for, for us to be fully present in where we're doing in, in, in having, you know, this, this sense of presence of, yes, I'm here with you. I'm here listening to you or, or engaging in an activity. I'm fully here feeling all the sensations, how I feel when I act, how I'm, you know, feeling when I'm engaging into this activity. So that is one area of renunciation. The other area of renunciation is um, when we restrain our actions. And we have been doing some of that. In fact, we have been doing all, all the three areas of renunciation that I will mention. Restraining actions, abstaining of engaging in something through the precepts. So, um, you know, we took the precepts at the beginning of the retreat and we talked about how we were taking them to offer safety to others and to offer safety for ourselves, to protect ourselves and to pre protect others and to protect our entire community so that we can have more ease. So it's, it's hard to, for the mind to settle when we're thinking about what happened when I, you know, took something that it was not mine or, um, you know, if I killed something or, you know, if I'm under the influence of some types of intoxicants, even if it is, you know, intoxicants that we um, may not consider them as intoxicants in daily life, but that sometimes, you know, we go beyond maybe what we can hold and, you know, we just don't know what are the consequences um, that we can um, attain if, you know, we go beyond maybe with alcohol or drugs or... So the precepts, restraining actions. And you started all this process of renunciation as probably as soon as at some point you made the decision to come to retreat, even without knowing it. There's, you know, that intention to come to retreat, to come to a place and to be here for a certain period of time. This is, I'm taking a stand. I'm going on retreat. I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm just going to show up. And, you know, I may be in silence. I don't know how that's going to be. But we renounced to speaking. And there may be some people that may have renounced to, you know, having the last meal of the day. And, um, and so we're gaining something also there is, you know, you can see these this other side, this other way of engaging or relating to, to the word. So simplifying our lifestyle by coming on retreat, no devices, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the precepts. And then the third area, which is the, the, uh, the one that I want to, um, reflect more with you on is 
it, it has to do with our minds. Is this um, way of uh, renouncing the tendencies of the mind that lead us to cling, that lead, lead us to taking something and have it in our hands, our bodies, in our minds, our hearts, in a very, very tight way. So tight that it causes us to suffer. It causes us to be stressed. It causes us to be annoyed. <laughs> so these part of, you know, clinging, you know, how it is that we can practice this parami of renunciation in a way that supports us to be free of clinging. And, you know, at the beginning, when I started contemplating more and reflecting more on these teachings, I thought that letting go of clinging was this, was just, okay, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to release, release everything that I'm clinging to in this way. Yeah, and includes that, just yeah, let it go. Just move it through, <laughs> you know, it's like just put it there far away. Um, and through practice, there has been an understanding that is not so much in that way that this process of renunciation has happened, that is more of a gentle way. And I'm transmitting these teachings from other teachers that have transmitted it to me. Um, so just, you know, letting go of clinging, renouncing to it, like making a commitment, making a stand to open the hand, to open the hand in a kind and gentle way, in a way that helps me see everything, even what I'm clinging to. We may be clinging to healthy things. We may be clinging to, you know, healthy actions and you know, without the fist open, it's hard to see, is it really this thing what is causing suffering? Or is, or, 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 or is the clinging, is, what is going on here? How can I explore it? How can I, you know, what gives me more clarity? An example could be being vegetarian. And when I go to visit my parents, I have to make some adjustments. I could say, no, I'm not going to eat anything that is served here that is not vegetarian. But through the years, <laughs> I have learned, you know, there may be moments in which I may have to or I may choose to, because I'm gaining something more, and there's more harmony, or, you know, I still feel aligned, or um, there's more peace in maybe not being vegetarian for one day. What does that look like? So, or there could be other moments, you know, family comes to, is, is present. <laughs> Um, where, you know, if I go to visit, there may be moments in which, you know, I'm meeting them in their home, you know, things have changed. So 
Yeah, they always say it's my home too. But for me to go and start changing things, arranging things in the house, starting to organize in the refrigerator and, um, you know, started, you know, to clean to ways of, to views, to opinions, to then what benefit would it bring in terms of my relationship to them? So all these different things we can start seeing with, you know, this way of, okay, how it is that I can let go, that I can renounce to opening the fist, to opening this clinging. Um, and so I did mention, you know, there may be, we can call it, let it go. We can say, I'm going to relinquish. We can say, we release, we may, we may let go of, you know, something that is sharing me that I was talking to Gulu the other day we were sharing, we were talking about cats <laughs> and, um, And Gulu was talking about being in another retreat center where a cat was allowed to come to the meditation area. So, um, you know, there's moments in which things happen immediately in a moment and we just decide to do something or not to do something. For example, to have the cat sitting on Gulu's lap and say, I'm, I'm going to pet it or not, you know, what, or is this, or is the cat is going to meditate here on my lap with me. So, you know, these different ways in which we may see that there are opportunities to let go, but then they become like bigger opportunities in our lives to really not to let go of doing something momentarily, temporarily, but that there's a movement, a deeper movement of the heart into being transformed by it. Um, so, <clears throat> Gil talked about generosity and ethics. And generosity and ethics may be the conditions that also support clarity in how it is or how, you know, how we go through a process that help us in having the clarity of what we're going to renounce to. You know, how, how it is that, that we feel, okay, this is a moment in which or this is something that I, that, that it just feels like it's okay to, to renounce to. And so how it is that we know that through not only these other paramis that support us in renouncing, there is our direct practice. There is this body, there is this heart, and there is this mind. Through, so through the direct experience, how does it feel when there's clinging? Where, where is the clinging within you? As Gil was talking about, you know, us being here and incubating centered, being centered in our hearts and being incubated um, through the practice. In that same way, we can go back over and over again to that direct experience to see how it is that it feels once we take an action. To see how it is how, how, how it is in our mind and our hearts when we do decide to renounce or we decide to continue to act on something in, in, in certain ways. So that direct experience, that direct experience that where we learn, we, we learned, we develop discernment 
oh, these, there's, there's some ease in this, in the heart area, or there's some contraction in, you know, like around the rib cage, or there, what is this? So we gain more when we have through our direct experience, some clarity in maybe some things that, that are, that maybe are not in our service or that we're ready to, you know, we're ready to let go of them. And There are moments in which we don't even know that we're letting go of something. I remember um, years ago, just, oh my goodness, just like swimming in that, for in the first novel, True, the Dukkha, you know, so immersed in, in all the different types of Dukkha. Um, holding, you know, different types of different identities and trying to be like other people wanted me to be. Just not acknowledging, you know, fully everything that I was. And at the same time, wanted so much acceptance of others that I was clinging to that view, like, you don't see me. And, you know, I, I'm just not going to, you know, um, to just live according to to how others wanted me to be, especially um, within family and um, being a lesbian and, you know, after coming out and seeing how, how hard it was, you know, not feeling, having that sense of <laughs> not being fully seen and having to fight for it, which in some ways I was you know, clinging more to it. And it was until I accepted all the suffering that it was causing me, the act of not show up fully how I was. I didn't have to announce it. I just needed to be who I was, just being me, just being me with you know, you know, you know what this means. <laughs> yeah, everything. And as I started shifting into, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I'm going to lose, you know, I'm, 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 it just, at some point it became to, to that place of, does it really matter? And of course, in many points, many moments in my life, of course it mattered. But, I, but in the moment in which I was able to really feel the resilience within myself by acknowledging the suffering and by acknowledging that there was many ways of being and that I was okay with the consequences of being, showing up fully who I was, um, fully who I was, you know, not only with holding the identity within sexual orientation, but gender and race and ethnicity and being, I don't know, another, so many identities that we hold, you know, profession and daughter and chocolate holic and you know you name it so um <clears throat> so there is a way to experience all these different aspects of our lives and see what it is that we cling to do we cling to views do we cling to 
to ways of being? Do we cling? Do we cling to identities? Do what is it suffering? Where does it come from? <clears throat> and generosity and ethics helps. In for me, it was a sense of being aligned in integrity. That was where the gener generosity and ethics came into play. That sense of feeling aligned. I, you know, feeling like I was like sincere with myself and sincere with others. And just showing up, you know, like, okay, here it is. This is, this is how it is right now. And so it's almost like going on a hike or, you know, going, you know, this path of renunciation where we walk it and, you know, there may be challenges on that hike or adventure or, you know, bike ride, you name it, you know, whatever your hobby is. Um, there are moments of doubt. There are moments of, wow, is this is really, is this is really what, how, how it is, how I'm supposed to be doing this. And so the moments in the practice where we remember that we have had some ease, some fruits that have nourished our confidence will help us in to be aligned and coming back to the trail and then knowing, okay, this is, you know, with an open hand, this is a time that, yes, I'm going to claim an identity here. This is a time it arises and it passes. This is a time in which I will show up to support others. This is the time where I'm going to act out of compassion and wisdom. So just seeing how, and also knowing that the impact it may have, the, that action may last a long time, may last a short time, who knows? But how does it feel here when we cultivate in a deep way these paramis will tell us, we, it will be like, like a compass or that will guide us to keep going in that path of renunciation to, to get something better, to move into freedom, letting go into freedom, more and more freedom. And so there are moments also in which in that path of renunciation that we need to get out of the way to keep walking the path. Meaning you're receiving life as it comes to you. I remember when I let, let go of my apartment, I, I've been nomadic for a while and been doing intensive practice. And, and they were moments that, oh my goodness, I do have to, I need to figure out where I'm going to be tonight, <laughs> you know, where I'm going to rest. And, and there would be all this planning and and all this figuring out and there will be fear and then there will be like a moment of why I'm doing this? What happened here? And those moments, you know, in some in some ways, I remember one time of retreat here, Gil mentioned in one of the talks that he gave, don't steer the pot. Don't, don't steer the pot. And for me, it was like that pot, what in the way that it landed was that 
that pot was my life in that moment. And as I was starting to go in into concerns and, you know, the planning and analyzing, and I was like really steering. It was almost like trying to cook that pot, whatever was there faster. It was like, no, no, no. If, if I leave it on low, it will cook itself, you know, leave it there. So in that same way, just taking care of oneself with wisdom and at the same time receiving life, yes, through wisdom and reflection, how it is, there are some things that need to be taken care of. But at the same time, do I have to design life and how it's going to be? Not necessarily. And it's been an amazing learning for me to see how life has unfolded without me really having just, just having the responsibility for cultivating the conditions, having enough clothing, food, well-being, connection, and just let it be. So that takes me to the perfection of wisdom, prashna. And so there is a wisdom. There are different types of wisdom in our tradition. <clears throat> there is a, you know, the wisdom that we learn when we listen to people giving Dharma talks. <laughs> sharing the teachings and there is, um, you know, the contemplation and reflection, which you've been, um, you've been doing as part of this retreat. You know, you get the guided instructions in the morning and then you have a full day to, you know, reflect on them and practice and and so there is that third, this is the one that I want to emphasize in the minutes that are left, the wisdom that come from our practice. And that wisdom that comes from our practice, the wisdom that when we dedicate ourselves and with kindness and compassion and and really centering ourselves in our hearts while walking on the trail. Um, that wisdom that when we settle, when we say, you know, let me, let me just be here. I'm just going to practice the best way I can. And you know, there may be moments in which the mind, you know, can settle and there's clarity in the mind to see how things really are. And there may be moments in which there's struggle and you may have enough clarity and stability of mind to see how how you're struggling, how, 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 what happened here? Oh, well, there, there, there is anxiety, there is fear, there is, you know, and we learn to receive, you know, all these different experiences, experiences in the heart, emotions, physical sensations, thoughts that come and go. But with the stability of mind, that mindfulness and and your care gives you, then you may be able, oh, this is, oh, look at this. I saw this. I, you know, I stay all night awake and, you know, maybe just, you know, strived practicing and now I'm exhausted and I'm cranky or, 
or maybe not. Maybe you were able to practice, you know, and 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 you're refreshed and but you're able to see what what is there more clearly. <clears throat> This wisdom that we learned from our direct experience help us also to see how it is that we can create less suffering for ourselves, for others, and for everyone, for everyone in the world. And those were some of the Buddha's teachings in what, what is a wise person? A person that does what is beneficial for others, what is beneficial, what is beneficial for oneself, what is beneficial for others, and and what is beneficial for all. And so, notice that. Wow. It was mind blowing for me to. When I listened to that teaching, that it was for myself <laughs> because for you know many years in my life i was like really okay let me just do what is beneficial for others my i i was like last on the list and it was tough it was hard there was i there was no ease <laughs> here in this body, mind, heart. It was almost like an unbalance between wisdom and compassion. You know, maybe the compassion was not as wise, you know, as wise as, as, as um, um, it would, but it it could have been for for them to have benefit, for also for have well being for myself. And it's hard because then how we can be present for others, how we can recognize then what is beneficial because then then there's that question. Okay, what is beneficial for me for others and for everyone? And how how do we know that? So again, is going back, going back to the direct experience, to this body, mind, heart, to see, is there, is there's any harm? Is there's any contraction? Is there ease? So we can know what is beneficial when we see, you know, if it, it's, does it benefit? Is there's is there's ease? There's alignment in the body. Is there's alignment? There's ease in the mind. Is there's ease in the heart? So that's another way in which you can you can know that there's wisdom present. That wisdom is present. So if we are on the trail of this path of renunciation. And we have these thoughts of this is this is the goal, this is what I should do, this is, you know, and there is this manifestation in the body of this is how, you know, I'm going to do it. And you, you, we can feel it. You know, the tone of the internal speech, there is a tone to our internal speech too. There is a quality of the mind in how it is that we relate to our experience that can tell us, is this really brings harmony here? And we can know. And then how does it feel in the heart? What is... What is the the sense? What is the is there's friendliness, generosity towards ourselves and towards others, towards everyone?
So wisdom supports renunciation by, is almost, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right on this path right now, this with how it is that wisdom um, supports renunciation. And for me, it's almost like a tuning in the renunciation. It's, it's like, oh, maybe that was, oh, maybe not now. May, oh, I don't know about this. Okay, let me, let me just go back. It's, it, it just, it, it, it supports it in, in, in going deeper as a perfection. Oh, maybe I just start thinking about where I'm going to be sleeping next week this week instead of the day before or I don't know sometimes it's just happened that you know today is like today just common things as they are and so wisdom also supports our practice and that sense of renunciation because Is it supports our practice of letting go of clinging in our meditation practice. So is that sense of renunciation too, as we meditate, as we practice, it supports that sense of wisdom supports. Okay. This is, is beneficial for me, beneficial. For the practice, it brings clarity, it brings stability. So, generosity, ethics, Integrity, renunciation, wisdom. Incubating this hard mind while we're here. By practicing. by receiving our direct experience of body, mind, and heart. And just recognizing, you know, how can we can make things simpler while allowing, receiving, continuing supporting safety, protection, so that we keep things simple in our minds. And how through receiving the wisdom, what do you learn when you go within, into your heart, into your body? into this mind, dear mind, when you're meditating, when you're here, when you're practicing by engaging in your different activities of your day. So may the dedication that you have for continuing practicing this week <clears throat> and cultivating this heart mind may it supports you in developing these paramis that will support you not only here but also in daily life Let's sit for a few minutes 
in silence. Letting go into freedom, into a greater happiness that benefit oneself, others, and everyone without exception. 